So, so the idea of Lady Justice comes from old ancient times. I mean, this goes back thousands of years to Greek and Roman times. And back then it was a polytheistic society. So Lady Justice is emulated after the goddess Themis. Now, obviously, I don't believe in Greek goddesses or gods, but the goddess Themis back then was the goddess of order. And so that makes sense that the justice system should bring order to any society that it's overlooking. And so everything in the justice system or on Lady Justice has a meaning. So the blindfold means what? That justice should be blind. It doesn't matter about your ethnicity, your gender, your race, your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter about anything. That justice should be blind and dispensed equally. She carries a sword in her right hand. Why? Because at times the justice system should be swift and harsh. In Texas, in many justice systems, there's something called the death penalty. And it's appropriate depending on the circumstances that we're dealing with. Then under her foot, she has a book. That represents the law, and she has a command of the law. When you put your foot on something, that means you control the law, and you know the law. How can you dispense the law if you don't know the law? And she has a command of it. In between her foot and the book is a serpent. Now, regardless of your faith, the universal symbol of a serpent is evil. And so the justice system should be stamping out and crushing evil in every society. And in her left hand is the thing that people remember the most. It's the scales. And she has to balance all that out to find this elusive concept called justice. Now the question is, how do you define justice? And that's where the conversation goes into ideology. What an honor and a privilege. Once again, here we are, bros for real, my bro. What's up, man? What's up, man? We got our special guest today, and you guys are going to hear about Mr. Nico LaHood. I don't know. Sometimes he can interchange. It depends on if it's Nicholas, you know, if he, you know, that, that's, that, I that's. I politics. I didn't call it everything under the book. They call me Nico. They call me whatever. They don't call me late for dinner. They call me everything under the sun, man. Amen to that. So we are here today. Um. We've been doing a little bit of our Texas edition. You know, we got our boots on. You know, you know, we got you know, we got our boots on today. Um, it's been an awesome time. But see, here's the thing. You guys know that everything that we do, we want to give God the glory. Yes. Today we have a special guest again, Mr. Nico LaHood. He's a district attorney here in San Antonio, and I'll give him an opportunity um, to tell you guys about who he is. But without further ado, Pastor Trey, just, you know, want to say a couple of things before we get started today. Well, yeah, sure. Definitely. You know, I talk a lot. But look, uh, first and foremost, <laughs> Nico, thank you for allowing us to come into your home for, for, for first off. Right. But um, I got to say this, because <laughs> when I was told that we were going to meet Nico LaHood, I had never heard of you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until um, I kind of like we were coming here that I realized that you're not little Nico. <laughs> Little Nico the rapper. So I'm thinking oh, that we're, we're going to meet with the rapper. And I was like, oh, not the rapper, nah, but I'm... Nico. But it's great to meet you, man. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. <laughs> but honestly, I was just joking. But last night, I got an opportunity to um, to kind of look you up and to, to, to watch a episode of Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if... Um, 
if you kind of remember all the Netflix documentary or whatever, but I remember just, doing the documentary. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, um, one time I saw it. I watched it, and I, I I would tell you I was really um I was floored, man. I was I had all kind of different emotions going through me as I watched uh, you on Netflix, and uh, but it's a great story, and now I want as many people that I know to see it. Thank you, Dad. I Thank want them you. to watch I'm it because um I just. When we talk about in Christianity about grace, and we'll get into it, but grace and redemption, that that episode was like, had all these questions, hmm. and I want to kind of ask you sure. about those um, today. So I don't know if you want me to start, but I have, I have a great question. I kind of wrote it down, and I want to just read it. Do you want to give context to what you were saying? With, I mean, the Netflix thing? Oh, yeah. I got, I got oh, it. you so, got it there. Okay, so, okay. And this, this is my question for you. So there's a, there's a Netflix documentary uh, called I Am a Killer. Correct. On, on Netflix. And uh, in season one, episode two, there is a scene that talks about you being arrested uh, selling drugs. Mm -hmm. Right? And so when I watched that, I was like, oh, man. So my question is, how did you, can you briefly explain going from um, selling drugs and being, being caught up in that world to the journey going hmm. to being a lawyer, then from there, now being a district attorney, or at one point being a district attorney. How does, how does that happen? That, yeah. that, I was like, what? Right, yeah. so it's an can interesting, you kind of explain that? Yeah, it's an interesting story. I always tell people that I had an R-rated journey to Christ. I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was rough. It was, I mean, look, the whole Bible's R-rated. I mean, right, if you really right, want right, to be right, honest, and in right, some portions, right, right. it's X-rated. Right. But I mean, look, I mean, God's not freaking out. Oh, oh, he's not sensitive. Right. I mean, he's, he's not. A, I, I don't believe in kumbaya Christianity. And so Jesus hung around a bunch of rough guys and, and, and ordinary people that are yeah. broken. But once they handed their brokenness over to Christ, he can do some amazing things with that. And so I went for, I, when I was young and stupid, my, 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 my grandfather passed away in jail. Mm -hmm. My uncle passed away in prison. He had a problem with heroin. My other uncle committed suicide. He was drinking too much, had a drinking issue. And so, you know, I didn't know at the time, Proverbs 23, 7 says what? As a man thinks in his heart, so he is, right? And so what I, that translates to me is you'll never live beyond what you believe. Mm. And we're so good at labeling people in society, and we're so good at receiving those labels. So I always tell people when I talk publicly, you know, you cheat one time, you're called a what? A cheater. Right. You lie one time, you're called a liar, right? So you right. figure that in. So, and, and we're good at receiving that. So it's, it's a battle of labels. So what label do you hold? Well, I have my last name. My surname is a label. I represent the LaHood family. Mm -hmm. But I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. That means something to me. I'm not just a believer in Jesus. Because the devil believes in him. He doesn't right. follow him. But I, I follow Jesus. I am a, a true disciple, meaning a student. And I love that idea of a student because a student continues to study. Mm -hmm. When you think you've arrived, you're, you're so lost. I mean, you, and, and, you know, and it's true. I mean, <laughs> Jesus talked about that with the parable. And the guy said, like, yeah, I'm glad I tithe. I'm, I'm glad I don't commit adultery. I'm glad, yep, check, check, check. And, and, and this crazy SOB over here, I'm going to try not to use some slang oh, words. Right. But no, but, but then this crazy guy over here goes, yeah, I'm everything this guy says I am, but I'm right. broken without you. Come on. And then Jesus says, he's more righteous. Yeah. What? Yeah. And that pisses off religious people. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. But, but that's who Jesus was because Jesus never hung out in the symptom. Right. He went deeper to the cause. And so the, the, I deal in the justice system. For people that don't know, I'm a defense attorney now. I used to be the district attorney in Bear County here in San Antonio. So I was responsible for everything from possession of marijuana to capital murder. I made death penalty decisions every week, and I didn't take it lightly. So the power in life and death was truly not in the tongue, but in my authority. And I, I took that res, res, uh, very seriously. And so when I was younger, I was caught up in this, you know, I was getting into a bunch of fights. I was into martial arts. I was fighting all the time, working in nightclubs. Never did a drug in my life. I just mm. sold a bunch of them. Right. And I don't even drink. 
And so, and when you, I got arrested for selling drugs, and so they called me everything from, you drug dealer, you criminal, excuse my language, you piece of shit. I mean, they right. called me everything, on, and you never will live beyond what you believe. So if you receive that message, well, then you're going to act like that. And if you tell a kid they're stupid, they're going to act stupid. Yeah, yeah. Right? The the, the, life is in the tongue. What are you professing, Proverbs says? I didn't know that at the time, but these are <laughs> principles like gravity that are put in play by a creator called Yahweh, by the designer, the intelligent designer of all this beautiful thing called life. Yeah. And so then there's that first label. And so I did life that way. I'm trying to overcome that. I'll never forget my pop when he picked me up from jail downtown. And sorry, it's an airplane driving, flying by. And, and, and he said, son, why'd you do this? And I go, I'm sorry, Pop. And I thought he's old school Lebanese guy. I thought he was going to beat my ass or, 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 or disown me or whatever it is, kind of like a Luke 15 deal. And, and, and he didn't. He said, I go, Pop, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to embarrass your name. I'll never forget this. And he goes, wow. you don't embarrass me, son. You embarrass yourself. He didn't realize what he was saying with me, but he spoke truth into me. He says, you're my son. I love you no matter what. There's nothing you can do to make me stop loving. He goes, well, I'll make it up to you, Pop. Make it up to you. Now, it had to have been embarrassing. The guy was right. a lawyer. Right. He was a well-respected man in the community. Can you imagine, hey, Mike, great job. You heard your got, kid got pinched for selling drugs. I mean, how could that make a man proud? My right. kid got right. Right. arrested right. for selling drugs. But I never lost my identity like in Luke 15 as his daddy. I mean, as his son. He's my daddy. And he says, remember this. It will take you years to build up a good reputation in one second to mess it up. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it didn't resonate with me at the time, but he planted a seed and the Holy Spirit germinated it over years oh. as time come up. So I did life my way. I was, I was trying to overcome this labeling of all these things and accomplish things and worldly accomplishments, but I had no peace. Oh. I had no peace. And then, and then two years later, um, on August 15th, 1996, at 2.14 in the morning, my brother was coming home from going out with some friends. And there was four individuals that were carjacking people mm -hmm. that night. And they were carjacking two other women and groups of women before they came to our, my parents' house. And then my, a young lady was following Mike back. And they were following her, not knowing Mike was in front. And so Mike got in between them because they had a gun. They came out. I'm trying to give you a condensed version. Mm -hmm. And he ended up telling her to run. They asked for keys and wallets, and they shot him in the face. And, 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 and they didn't now show. This is, your brother. this is my brother, Mike, my older brother, Mike. And, and we walked out three minutes later. I, I tell people, I heard my mom cry the way only a mama can cry. Right. Mm. I mean, I have four kids, their names are on my arms, so I don't forget their names. I got so many kids. And, and, I, and, and you couldn't blink fast enough, Pastor, before I, I'd give my life for any one of my children. Mm. Right. You also couldn't blink fast enough before I would take a life for any one of my children. But I believe there's something inherently special about a mommy's relationship with her child. Right. I mean, they, they, they feel that the beautiful gift of life that, that grows inside of a woman's womb. Psalm 139, and when you look at four sonograms, comes to life to me. Jeremiah 1.5 comes to life to me. That when, we're, we're beautifully and wonderfully made in our mama's womb. And, and, and so even my mama cried the way only a mama can cry. I picked her up from the ground. She's yelling, why? And I'm holding her. And I'm seeing my pop cry for the first time. Old school Lebanese guy didn't even cry in front of us when his mama passed away. And, but he was crying because Mike Jr. was on his driveway. I helped load his body on the gurney when they finished the investigation. I helped my pop wash my brother's blood off, off our driveway. As I say, blood doesn't come off your driveway very easily. So what do you do with that, Pastor? What, what do you do with that? Because the world tells you, because I, I, I turned into, there's no other way to explain it. 
There's no other way to explain. I can't. I have to give you the. I was an angry son of a bitch. Yeah. And the world said, I don't blame you. What do you do with I don't blame you? Right. What do you do with that? Mm. You, you, it justifies you being angry. Right. I didn't realize it at the time. It goes straight to the heart of Matthew 22, 36 and 37. Love the Lord your God with everything. Your heart, mind, soul, strength, mind, will, everything. And equally important, love your neighbor as you yourself. You know what's funny? That's my next question. Oh, come That was my on, next man. question. What no, it's good. Because I love it. I love the way the Holy Spirit does it. Because <laughs> when I watched the Netflix documentary last night, I'm laying in the bed. And I was sitting there saying, how does this guy do it? Yeah. yeah. So he explained And that, that scripture came to me. And I actually wrote it. I have it here. That's my next question. Yeah. Right. I wrote it down. I was like, how do you, through that right there, going through all that in 1996, how do you teach that scripture? How do you? You can't. You have how to do, live how it. do you teach it? You, you know, live it. You have to live it out, Dad. But you have to receive it. You can't give what you don't have. Right. right. If my brother asked me for 10 bucks, mm -hmm. But I only have five. I can't give him ten bucks. Mm. I can only give him five. Right. So, so, so what, what Matthew twenty-two to me teaches me it, it's a John fifteen source issue, right? right? right. I'm the branch. You're the vine. You know. Mm -hmm. And so, 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 so I have to know God. He gives me that agape love. <laughs> he gives me my definition, not yeah, this BS yeah. secular crap out there. Yeah. I have to know him and then give what you have. So, so when people say, "Oh, your God is so jealous and he's a jealous guy," well, no, he he's just a truthful God. He knows that you're drinking crappy water. He wants to clean your water and then don't keep it to yourself. Right. Go give out that yeah, water to yeah, everybody yeah, else. Yeah. And so we have to get our definition and understand our value from God. We, Christians use Christianese, our identity in Christ. I just say our value. The, 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 I'll give you an example. I hope I don't go off on a bunny trail, but I'll give you an example. I have a buddy of mine who was, um, his daddy, his grandpa left his dad. Right. His dad left him. Your children will follow your example long before they follow your advice, right? Mm -hmm. Proverbs 22, you raise a child in a way it will go when he gets older, he will not depart from it. Well, that's all you see. You will repeat what you see. We emulate what we see. In our, that's why I say your children will follow your example. And he, he, is, he got a divorce and we're, I'm, I'm ministering to him at lunch. And he says, he goes, I, I, I am such a failure. I went to my counselor and my right. counselor said, we'll call him Johnny. His name's not Johnny. Johnny, look in the mirror mm -hmm. and you have to tell yourself, I love you. Mm. What? And he goes, because you're angry. Because I'm, 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 I'm so disappointed in myself. I've turned into my grandpa and my daddy. Mm. And he goes, you have to, I, go, I go, man, that is a bunch of crap. What do you mean you're going you're gonna to look in the mirror and say, I love you when you're brushing your teeth? Or, and then the, the person in the mirror is going to go back and say, you lying SOB. You don't love me. You just told me you hated me because <laughs> right, I'm just right, so disappointed. Right, right. Well, but they told me to say, you turned into this game. And I said, forget about you trying to bullshit yourself into right. saying you love yourself. Right. Right. How about you saying, for some reason, my daddy is crazy about me. Yeah. Come on. He's so crazy about me that he came down and walked in this earth yeah. and got beaten to the point of being unrecognizable crazy about me. Yeah. And I gave him the example of his two beautiful daughters. Yeah. I go, what would you say, Johnny? Again, his name's not Johnny. <laughs> if, if, he, if, if, he came, if your daughters came to you and said, Papi, because he's Latino, he's a Hispanic ethnicity. He goes, Papi, because my kids call me Papi. Papi, uh, uh, or they call him Daddy. Sorry, Daddy, um, nobody plays with me at school. Mm. Nobody wants to sit with me at the lunch table. Yeah. Nobody, nobody talks to me after mm -hmm. school. I don't have good handwriting, and the teacher says that I don't do very well on my tests. Yeah. Nobody loves me, Daddy. Mm. I go, you know what you would say? You would say, honey, I want you to know something. Your daddy 
is so in love with you that yeah. I would give my life for you right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what anybody else thinks about you. Right. I, I care about you so much that you're worth more than my life. Come on. That's what you would tell her. Yeah. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. They can't label your kids. Right. It doesn't matter if they're not picked for kickball. Come on. Nobody gives a crap about Somebody that. Because my oh, daddy is crazy about you. Now, when you know that there's a transcendent God that is crazy about you, your chest grows up. Yeah. You look at the world differently. Yeah. You walk differently. Oh, I don't care about you. I don't care because my daddy's crazy about me. Right. You're going home where home is. You have to decide. You're going home to where your daddy's insane about you. That gives you your value. Mm. And then when you have that type of love, you can't help but give it to somebody else. So I tell people I used to sit in a restaurant. And I used to sit, and I still do this because I was in law enforcement, and, I, and I'm just very defense-minded. I sit with my back. Facing, yeah, you know, I, I never, I always look at, you know, you've had lunch yeah, with me. Yeah. And I'm always carrying a gun, so I mean, I'm all, you always want the guy with the gun looking at the door. Yeah. And, and, and I used to think to myself, man, let these some bitches, let one of them try to get one over on me. I'll get them, I'll crush them. Because I had nothing to give them. Right. And right. now, and you, you know now how we, now I look at the same restaurant and I'll say, man, my pop, my daddy, mm is crazy about that person over there right. in that hat. Right. And I'm crazy about my daddy. How can I not try to show love to somebody who my daddy's crazy about? Wow. It's a complete paradigm shift in your, I, I call it spiritual LASIK surgery. Right. I look at the world differently. So if you look at the world differently then, so that rolls into, because I know he's coming with his question. Uh -huh. So with that being said, we've talked, you know, we've had time to sit down and talk yeah. and you've always talked about um, you want to give people a voice, an opportunity to share whatever they're thinking, different things that's going on, what have you. But how important is it for them to express themselves about Jesus Christ, even if they're guilty? Oh, you have if to. Guilty of a crime, it very, whatever the case may be. Why is it so important for them to express, even with all their junk? You know, express you talked themselves about, in what way? Express their love or ex maybe even express their innocence when you know that they're guilty. Look, man, I always tell people, Jesus is in the refurbishing business, man. That's what, he, that's what he does. He refurbishes crappy stuff. And all you got to do is look at the Bible. Look at Samson. Who's going to vote for Samson? Everybody freaks out over President Trump. Samson, are you kidding me? His first words are, look at women. He was a horny bastard. And you got Samson. You got King David who committed murder to cover up adultery. Did he not? Yeah, Am I, tell me, correct me, Pastor. Oh, you might, right. yeah, I mean, right. just tell that's me. That's the word, man. Yeah. I mean, word. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if it's true. I mean, John and James... They're so arrogant. They wanted to send everyone to hell. They didn't accept right. Jesus. They're religious. And then they're like, well, who can all this ministry work? And I want to be at your right hand. Right. I want to be. Yeah. And Peter, I mean, Peter wasn't going for the ear. He was going for the neck. I mean, I mean, so, so he missed. I mean, these are violent, broken Rahab, the woman at the well. When I, when I, when I read the woman at the well, think about this. Think about the woman at the well. So here's a Samaritan. So talk about racism. I mean, he dealt with it back then worse than everybody. Yeah. And so he talks to her, and then the scripture tells us that he had a conversation with her. Mm. And he had such a detailed conversation about this woman. Yep, yep. That in today's standards, she'd yeah. be a hoe. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, right. You know that. Right. And either of the five guys yeah. that you were banging. I mean, let's yeah. translate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The NLT translation, Nico LaHood <laughs> translation, is a little rough. I mean, so he has this detailed conversation with her. Right. So detailed. And it was very R-rated. That she went back to the town and she became an apologist for Christ. Mm. He knows me. Hey, Ralph, remember that one time? He knew about that too. Right. Hey, Freddie, whoa, watch out, Juan. I mean, he knows about all of us. Come on, man. He's the real yes. deal. Yes. She became an apologist because Come Jesus on. met her 
in all of her junk. Yeah. Didn't yeah. hang out with her because Come what did he on. say? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> What's wrong? Are we going to pray over me? Did I say no, something no. wrong, Pastor? I want you to slow down. Oh, man. Because, <laughs> no, because that's what you're saying is plain and simple. <laughs> See, because the thing about even even how you, I love it. You was like, even, hey, Ralph, you know what you did. Yeah, you know, right, right. you know, you all over my face, you know. But, <laughs> that's true. No, but that's real, right? Yeah. See, because what we'll try to do, I, and I get it, and, and I appreciate even before we start, you say, okay, the crowd, the, you know, the audience, various things like that. But we got to make sure, because even when he and I started this, it's bros for real, because we're letting people know there's, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? All over the world, those who, but we got to understand your walk, your journey was different from mine, That's but true. I can't knock your journey. And I love the, because you heard me talk about my son the other night, and I love how you broke that down. Hey, I will die for you. I will kill a joker for you. Now, now go, go. Come on back. Because oh, I, I, I know you. But can I say, yeah, too, bro, yeah. I like what you're saying. And I, and I hear what Nico's saying, too. But that's what it's about. Yeah. Because that's what the gospel message is about. And some, we forget that. I don't apply Christianity. I'm a Christian. There's a difference. And when people think, oh, you corny ass Christians. And then I get criticized for the other podcast. I don't know if I can mention it or not. Yeah, R-rated yeah. Christianity. I mean, real, raw, but leads you to a redemptive relationship with Christ. Oh, that's what that it again. stands for. Real conversations about raw topics. Mm -hmm. And, and it leads you to a redemptive relationship. And we do it and we, I use some vernacular and some slang words. I never use the Lord's name in vain. Right. Because to me, that I, I don't even use the word God bless wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, God bless. Mm -hmm. I can't stand when people say, God, no, God bless yeah. you. Right. And yeah. you say, God yeah. bless you, what I tell yeah. you? I receive your yeah. blessing. Right. I receive yeah. it. That's some serious. That's serious Come stuff. So, so we have to be real. This, look, when people say, man, you're just, you're, look, Jesus hung around real people. Mm -hmm. Look, when you read Matthew 23, mm -hmm. he used some strong language. The seven woes to the Pharisees. Look yeah. at the hermeneutical yeah. translation. Yeah. Look at the linguistics. Look at the culture. I mean, I get deep into the Greek language. I mean, you brood of vipers. What the hell does that mean to us? He's cussing them out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's telling them, you, you strain a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What does that Come on. mean? Come on. I mean, you whitewash tombs and you're dead, but yeah. you're dead bones. Yeah. You're going to send people to hell. Look at your leading people. And hypocrite wasn't even the word hypocrite today. English wasn't even developed back then. So you're going to translate Greek into English. It was tough language, the bottom line. Right. But he never cursed people. He used strong language when it was appropriate. He was raw. He was real. He wanted a redemptive relationship with people. And I love that the Bible is full of brokenness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But there's this one story because what we don't do in the church today is we don't talk about what the problem is. If Jesus is the answer, something's the problem. If the gospel is the good news, what's the bad news? Right. Right. We don't talk about right. that. Right. When's the last sermon That's you good. heard on sin? Come on. Because we don't we hurt our tithe. So you probably did, yeah. but you don't want to hurt yeah, people's feelings. So they I mean, well, let them go. I mean, look, you're going to keep running. Where are you running to? Right. Jesus spoke the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15. He didn't speak the truth in arrogance. He didn't speak the truth to break you down. He came to save. Yep. That's what he did. Now, there's consequences, and we, we don't know how to handle topics in the church. And it, it irritates the crap out of me. It really does. Because, I mean, we talk about homosexuality. We talk about marriage. We talk about sex. We talk about gender fluidity. We talk about abortion. We talk about Trump. We talk about Obama. We talk about borders. We, there's nothing off limits. Right. Everything should be looked at through the spiritual LASIK surgery of our faith. It's that I am a Christian. I don't do Christianity. Right. I, I am part of the church. I don't play church. Right. And that's what we're not doing today. And, and, and when, when you meet people where they're at, like he did with the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. When we have a word called tolerance that in the old days was a bad word, now we've overcorrected and now nothing is wrong anymore. Right. 
we, we tolerate because Jesus tolerates my stupid ass every day. And so we need to tolerate certain things, but we don't condone behavior. There's right. a difference. What did he say to that woman after he told her her sexcapades for her whole life? Right. He said, now go and sin no more. Right. I love you, your value. Right. If you knew who was giving you water, you wouldn't have to thirst for all this fake ass stuff over yeah. there. And you should enjoy sex in the confines of a marriage. Right. You should enjoy a lot of it, you should enjoy plenty of it, and you should enjoy it with your spouse. Right. Not those five guys that you're banging. But now go and sin no more. Right. Right. I mean, right. it's not that hard. It's simple, just not easy. Right. Because then when you try to live it out, then here comes the attacks. But yeah. Jesus told us about that in Matthew right. 10 and Luke 9 and Luke 12. Easy offended. Well, look, we, we have, oh, look, we, <laughs> we have we have the three most powerful words in the English language and we have weaponized our, our languages. I am offended. You say I am offended and people will crap their pants and they'll, from the church to politics, whatever. I, I really don't care if you're offended. You don't have a constitutional right not to be offended. Right. There's nothing in the constitution that says I will, shall not be offended. And it's not in the Ten Commandments either. Jesus offended a lot of people. Yeah. He didn't try to, but the truth will always offend mm -hmm. because it's the truth and we're broken. You, we're all going to get offended at some point, mm -hmm. but but Jesus does it for our our our, our, our own being. Right. So no is a full sentence. Yeah. And and there's and that means and no is love as well. By the way. Yeah. We we have we have we have screwed up the word love or the definition of love and affirmation. We think they're the same and they're not. Man, this is I mean, there's a lot of sermons in there. I'm and, sure. And so right. now remember, I'm I'm just getting used to Nico LaHood. I watched the documentary. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting right. used to him. <laughs> That's, that's the, that the truth. That's the truth. That's good. Well, I like that. I love that. it, man. I got love Tourette's. It. And so I'm watching a documentary, and um, you've probably been asked this a lot mm -hmm. about Kenneth Foster. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching, and I see on the documentary that, you know, you love Jesus, you know, you gave your life to the Lord. <clears throat> and I'm like, what about Kenneth? Like, I hope he gave his life to Christ. Right. So, so Kenneth gets out. And Kenneth wants to sit with you. I would. Oh, you answered my question. Because mm -hmm. yeah, I was going to go, ask you about grace and redemption. Mm -hmm. I met with, see what they didn't show on the show. That's, I love grace and redemption. Because mm -hmm. grace was free, but it's not cheap. And we got to remember that. Mm -hmm. But so, so what they didn't show on the show, and it's the, the, I Am a Killer, like you said, uh, season one, episode two, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm, they showed my third meeting with the grandpa. That was oh, my that third wasn't meeting. The first meeting. No, I embraced him like I knew him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, which I, uh, but that was my third meeting with him. But I met with Kenneth's daddy, who was recovering from some substance right, abuse. Right, And that's why Grandpa had to raise him. And Kenneth had every opportunity that, yeah. that, that I mean, every opportunity. Yeah, he said that. He said, every opportunity. That uh, every opportunity. And so I, I met with Grandpa. That was my third meeting. And I met with Daddy one time before that. And you were a district attorney at that time. I was, a, I was the district attorney at the time, yes. Cause, and, and, and I wish they would have said that that was the third meeting with the Grandpa. Because yeah. I had a question here about the Grandpa. Mm -hmm. I he's said, a good man. This grandfather, man, it's like he's crying out for his grandson. He's a good man. And you were so staunch, kind of like, thank you for coming to meet with me. Right. Mm -hmm. But I hope it's not because you... You think I'm going to go ahead and kind of like... I spoke the truth. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, this dude is raw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, I mean, it was, I don't think it was in a way where you were trying to be rude no, to him wasn't. at all. No, I wasn't. But you all. were so like, this is what it is. Yeah. Right. Now, I, I, I hope he gets out. Mm -hmm. Right? In his time. In his time. Right. Right? I have nothing against him. And I was like, what? Yeah. I, he was, he had the death penalty at first, as you know. Yes. And then it was commuted. 
In Texas, there's the law of parties that if I direct you to do something, I don't have to pull the trigger under the law of parties. Osama bin Laden, he didn't he didn't teach anybody to fly any planes. He didn't hand out box cutters. And no, ninety what Bush had a ninety four percent approval rating. Ninety four percent of Americans said they were okay with the death penalty without due process, without a jury of your peers. And then Bush said, "What? We're going to hold these people responsible, dead or alive." He exacted the death penalty. He had a verdict of the death penalty on these people without any due process. And everybody's like, cool, why? Because now they experienced it. Right. Everyone has a theory until they go through it, right? And they yeah, yeah, yeah. to come down your street. Yeah. So do you think so, some of the, the protesters, because I've noticed there was a lot of protesters. About and back him, then? Back then about yeah. him uh, being uh, on they, death row. They, they don't know. what Is it, Do you think it was cultural? Because uh, he was I, black? See, I, see I, you brought it up. I didn't bring it up. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't bring it up. I, four black men didn't murder my brother. Four men that happened to be black murdered my okay. murderer. Because that murdered my brother. That's a descriptive. Right. Because we can talk about race in a little while and racism. Because I think we need to quit talking about race. But we do race. that. So what we, yeah. what we do, though, because I'm watching Those are descriptive. the documentary. Yeah. And I'm noticing everybody's protesting. So are they protesting? Because like you said, Bush had 94% approval rating. Approval rating, yeah. right? Now, this black guy's on death row, and they're protesting, saying that, he did nothing wrong. Well, because the narrative, they, they controlled the narrative at the time. Mm -hmm. They said, the, the way it was spun initially was, here's a guy, you say, hey, Nico, pick me up, you take me down to Stop and Go or H-E-B or whatever it is. Yeah, let's go, come on, Willie. And we go down there, he's like, I'll be right back, you need anything? No, cool. Pop, 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 drive, 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 what, 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 what? Now I'm on death row. That wasn't the case. You right. know that now that you saw right. the show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. what the, I don't know if it came across on the show. Well, Foster, he even said that. He said, he said it at the end. end. Well, we, at the end, but he never said that leading up to that. Right. But, but, but Foster was on probation for shooting two guys. At the time, he was directing, the, I mean, he was the driver. Right, right. I mean, they, they, that wasn't the first time they were doing that, by the way. Right, that was right. days and many times. Yeah. And, and he was, nobody gets probation for shooting two guys that didn't die. He attempted murder, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in Texas. Mm. And he got probation. Nobody gets that, but he got that. So he had, he had every opportunity. So, but the narrative was that he was just driving, looking mm. for a party, and he ends up on death row. Well, shit. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm a defense attorney. I'm going in there too for you, guy. Right, I mean, right, but right. that wasn't the case. He was the organizer. He was the leader. He was involved in many other crimes, and he was at that time on probation right. for shooting two men. Right. By the grace of God, not by his efforts, they didn't die. He should have been facing capital murder before this. So, Kenneth Foster, do you love him as your neighbor? I love him as a creation of Christ. Okay. I love him as my neighbor because I love the Imago Dei in him. I love the image of God. He's an image bearer. Now, I don't know if he means what he, what he says. I mean, there, look, there's two different things. There's remorse and repentance. Remorse is, I'm sorry I got caught. Right. Repentance is, I'm sorry enough to change. Yeah. Repentance is very powerful. That's why scripture talks about that. Mm -hmm. And so it, it takes something. I mean, it, it takes contrition, godly sorrow. That means right. you have to have a relationship with God because you disappointed him. It takes rejection, not of you, but of the behavior that got you in there in the, in the first place. And then it takes confession, not confessing like a Catholic does, but confessing God's word over my life. I'm professing God's word. I did it a, a crappy way. God says to do it this way. Three elements to repentance. We don't dig deep enough to it. And that's why Christ's kindness leads us to what? Repentance that leads us to salvation through grace. It's very, it's very commonsensical, very logical to me. And so I would meet with Kenneth. I'd go, I told him I'd go meet with him then. They didn't, it didn't come out in the show. But the, the warden said they would not let a third party videotape our conversation. I said yes. Wow. Well, they videotaped him. <clears throat> because they were recording themselves. Okay. See, okay. in Texas, you, as long as, if, if, I'm, if you and I, I don't have to tell you that I'm recording the conversation right. as long as I know and I'm part. Now, if we're talking and we don't know you're recording, now you're in trouble. Right. Oh, okay. 
So and so they they the warden from what I was told I didn't speak to the warden would not let them record. I would have and he would have told me something. I would have called him out in love. Right. I have no issue with. But I don't seethe over it. I don't. You couldn't mention his name to me before without me salivating. I couldn't even say the word murder. I had I unforgiveness. That. Yeah. You you said this phrase in the uh, documentary. You were like. Cause they showed you working out. I was like, that dude was doing his thing. I saw yeah. him doing a little jazz. I was like, he kind of quick, no, right? And then, and then, then there was a scene when you came up and you were like mad, man. And you were like, I used to go and sit outside. Yeah. And dare the devil to come it's back. A, yeah. That was like Ang a tombstone like anger phrase. Alcoholic like, or, or angerholic. I was an angerholic. I was a functioning angerholic. Yeah. Self-diagnosis. Wow. I, I was a I was I used to be a violent guy. Yeah. I mean I was a fighter. I used to train. I mean my shins are all broken up. I mean I'm just a beat up alley cat. But and so I would always result to, to physicality and I was an yeah. emotional guy. But uh, meekness wins the day, right? That's mm. the strength under yeah. control. Yeah. And the samurai warrior was meek. Yeah. Humble and gentle is what meek means. It doesn't mean weak. Mm. And so that was my that was my addiction, so to speak. Mm. That was my symptom was my anger. And the world said, I don't blame you. Um, I would, I embraced his dad, his grandfather. I hugged both of them. So when, when his dad and his grandpa, they came to me, check out the power and forgiveness and grace. Right. Come on, help somebody. And so they came to see me in the office when I was a district attorney and I met with them and you could tell they apologized to me. Mm. They apologized to me. Do you think that's appropriate? Do you think they should have apologized to me? I think the grandfather, the way the grandfather apologized, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, well, it wasn't but needed. It wasn't anything. necessary. That's exactly right. And I think you and told so, him that. Yeah, I did. But I, thought he, but I thought it was good that he did. Though. No, I don't. I, I think if he gave me his condolences, it's fine. Because a Christian doesn't receive an apology from someone that didn't do anything to him. Because it's not truth-based. Jesus came to testify to the truth. The truth sets you free, John 8, 33. The truth... The, the objective truth that's transcendent, real, universal, and exclusive, mm -hmm. the truth sets you free. But I, 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 sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. But as you were saying that, I think about, I want you to, you said that they didn't owe you anything. That's right. But then help me with this. Okay. When I think about Eli, Eli was punished because he didn't make sure that his boys did what they need to right. do. And God punished that Eli. that was his responsibility. But, but has it, at Kenneth Foster's age when my brother was murdered, that mm -hmm. wasn't his responsibility. Okay. Now, if, if Mr. Foster would have said, man, I raised them But they weren't kids either. They were, they were, they were what, um, uh, priests or something at the time? They were older, yeah. Right, so they yeah. weren't kids either. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get back into the Eli discussion. I'll dissect that. But I, all I know is, is he didn't do anything to me. No, he didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so what we do is it's not truth-based. It's not his responsibility. Mm -hmm. and, and God, God is a God of order. Right. And, and God holds people accountable. Right. And when we sit before the judgment seat, it's us. But he wasn't it's, it's apologizing not my... to make things right for Kenneth. When he met with me, I felt like he was. Oh, when, I'm right? talking about when we met privately. Right. So we're in my office. His daddy comes in. Almost like, I'm sorry that my life didn't turn out well. That forced him to do this. And he felt, he felt the domino effect. Well, then I have to say, well, then you know what? You owe me an apology because Romans 8.28 isn't true and God's not big enough. Right. When God says, I can work all things out okay. for the good of those okay. who love him and are called by his purpose, he means it. And so if that's not true, right. if God's not consistent, then you owe me an apology. Right. That's, I mean, that's okay. how much I take okay. it down. Okay. Yeah. So does that make sense yeah. theologically? Yeah. Yeah. And so when his daddy and his grandpa came in, I looked at the two gentlemen and I said, gentlemen, I appreciate your sentiment, right. but you don't owe me an apology. They wept. Right. They were in the prism. They, they, it was a pr wow. they wept. I go, right. you, thank you so much for yeah. your sentiment. Yeah. 
I didn't receive their apology because they don't owe me one. And the grandfather was 90. 90 years old. I was like, what? And he's a good man. Man, yeah. tr- oh, Pastor, he's a good man. And I've, I see, when I used to campaign on the east side, I went to go visit his church a couple times. And I would embrace him again. I'm right. just, I'd like him. I, would, I mean, if he wanted, I'd mean, welcome him in my home. Right. And I would, I would like to have a relationship with him. And, and so, and they wept. And we took pictures and we embraced and I, I prayed with them. Right. And I released them of any, they don't owe me a debt. Okay. So, to, so <clears throat> I'm going to ask this because I've, I've talked about this several times at, uh, <clears throat> at my church. And there were people that didn't like it. But I believe. Then that, that means you're doing it right. Yeah, there, there's, 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 there's <laughs> true. I believe, and me and me and uh, Pastor Matt talked about this, but I believe there's no such thing as irreconcilable differences oh, in the man. Bible. What say you? No, that, 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 absolutely, you're correct. Yeah, absolutely, you're correct. But I there's mean, so many believers that feel like I can read the Bible, right? I can read the scriptures. Jesus has forgiven me, but I have every right not to forgive. They cannot else. biblically justify that. Right. Come on. There's only one unforgivable sin, Scripture says, mm-hmm. and it's telling the Holy Spirit to go yeah. piss on himself. Right. And that's it. That's ultimately that's saying like reject and reject. Yep. It's till the very end, this, you know, screw you. That's the only thing that's the only, including pedophilia, including murder, including mass murder. It doesn't matter. Scripture says what it says. I believe the Bible is true. I believe every word in it. I believe God is true. A first century Jew named Yeshua was the Messiah is Messiah, he's my Messiah, and he's exactly who he says he is. And that Bible is true. All 66 books are true in that book. I believe every single one of them. I don't believe the Gnostic Gospels, the Dead Sea Scrolls or something else. We can talk about all the, all the apologetics behind that. But those 66 books were God inspired to get there. And I believe it, it's true. And there's only one unforgivable sin. And, and everything we're talking about aren't unforgivable. Now you have to repent for it. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, so. so you, can, you can love anybody? I can love anybody. I don't have to love what they do. I like it. You well, love is what? I mean, love is discipline. Love is saying no. Love is, love is harsh. Yeah. I mean, God loves us, but we're still going to be separated from him if we reject him. Right, right. I, love, I mean, I, mean I, I deal with it every day. I deal with it. I just got off the phone. I counseled a friend of mine. His oldest son has a substance abuse issue. I don't like calling people addicts because that's their identity. Their identity, they're a creation of God. They have an issue with a substance right now in this right. season of their life. And, and, and he says, you can stay for a week and you have to leave. That's what but, the, but fa- the, father- the daddy told him because he has four other kids. Okay. And that's what God, I love you. You don't, you don't have to leave, but these are my rules. Right. And I'm going to love you from a distance. Set the order. Right? On, God's right. God of order. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at yeah, the prodigal son, same thing. So check this out then. You talked about in the beginning about your father, right? And about what people were saying when you um, went to jail for, you know, selling drugs and stuff like that. So what do you want people to know about you now and how can your actions impact the legacy of the LaHoods? Oh, I am a passionate and unapologetic follower of Jesus Christ. That's my identity. That's who I am. I happen to practice law. And so my purpose in life, because we talk about purpose, if you ask somebody, what's your purpose in life? Right. They won't even know. Uh, they'll, they'll stumble over it. My, our purpose in life is in John 17, I believe. It's to know God. Wait, wait, wait. It what? keeps coming Come up. On. It keeps coming Come up, on. man. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. It's, I missed the conversation. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's every time. Every we just time. talked about it, but go ahead. But it's in there. It's to know God and then Matthew 28, 19 and to make him known. And so th- th- that's it. That's what it's. So that's our purpose. Any follower of Jesus Christ is to, is to know Abba Daddy. Mm-hmm. 
and to make him known. Yeah. Now, how do I do that as a husband? How do I do that as a daddy? How do I do that as a lawyer? How do I do that as someone who has a little ministry? How do I do that as an enemy? How do I do that as whatever? But that's my purpose in life is to know daddy, is to know the Lord and to make him known. And then, it, and then these are all the other things that are descriptives of me. And so that's, that's my purpose in life, and that's what I think we should do. And, and, and I have to properly handle the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, 1 Peter 3.15 and 16 tells us to always be prepared. Not when it's convenient, always be prepared. Not in church, always be prepared. Not when it's politically correct, always be prepared. Not just to the Christians, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who yeah, asks you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. And, and, and I literally have people, I mean, we have Christians on the podcast. Like, I can't stand, I can't believe I didn't have to use that language. I mean, I say shit and bullshit on the podcast. Oh, that was my next question. So. That's all I say. I don't use drop that bomb. So wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, keep that. But I want how, that was a how, Biden impersonation. No. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, but how's how how is your actions impact the legacy? Because I want to make sure we get that out. How does that impact the legacy well, now going forward of the LaHood name? Well, and I, then I want yeah, to you please break a yoke. I mean, so I said your kids will follow your example long before they follow your advice. Mm. So we set a tone in this home. Right. You know how you've been in my home. Yes. My, my children always get the number 624 blessing before we leave. I always yeah. pray over them before they leave. We pray before, before they eat. It's always about Christ. I model it for them. I model how I treat my wife. Yeah. I model. I say, hey, you don't talk to my wife that way. We, yeah, I, we model it what a man is, what a woman is, right. how it has a beautiful synergistic union between husband and wife. I model it for them, and it means something in our home, and it's not just when the camera's on. I'm, you know, I'm the same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little toned down right now. I mean, I'm the same way. I, I mean, you're going to get the same. We need, we need to find an authentic relationship with Christ and an authentic way of, of expressing it that does not conflict with Scripture. You don't get to make up your own truth. This whole Oprah bullshit about, oh, speak, live your truth and all this and your truth, relative truth. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this, this, this relative truth, relative morality syndrome. And it's damaging. And the church has bought into it. Yep. And, 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 and we talked about this. I did it on the show, like the whole BLM movement. Yep. And the church fell for that. Yeah. Not the sentiment. That's, I don't say Black Lives Matter because all Black Lives Matter to God. Right. All lives matter, which is racist now. Yeah. You can't say that. Can't say that. Yeah. But yeah. BLM, the BLM movement right. is, is non-biblical. It's demonic. The, it's, demonic. demonic. it's Marxist. Oh. It's right. demonic. Yes. And so, yes. But the church falls for that because they, we have this syndrome of I want to be liked. I want to be credible. Right. I want to be right. liked by God. By Everybody him. else is Come a bonus. Right. Right. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not the Westboro Baptist, those idiot inbreds. I mean, they're married to their first cousins. They're not Christians, and we need to call that out. But I want to be loved and liked by Daddy. I'm going to do my best to, to be at peace with all men. Romans tells right. us, do your best. Your best. But I'm but a you're new not creation. Be at peace with all men. Right? Well, it says it because some because some people want you to pacify them. John 17 again. In the church, yeah. if they hated you, don't forget they hated me first. Right, <laughs> right, right. So right. it's right. tough business. And so that, I have wrote that question down because the scripture in uh, Colossians three five through eight. That says, oh, I just went over through. Put to, oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you: That's right. sexual immorality, mm-hmm. impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Right? That's right. But then it goes on to say, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living Once in them. walked. But look at verse 8. But now you must put away, away, put away all things, right? All these things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, uh, and obscene or foul language. It says so, fil- some translations are filthy language. Filthy language. So what's foul? Something that's 
gives it off a bad odor. Okay, what if, well, yeah, so, so what if, what, have you ever used the word retard? Yeah, my son's special needs. Oh wow, that's that's very yeah, offensive. Yeah, I had a guy on the job get on me years but, ago. But but okay, but I, no, I know your heart. But you see my point. You see, you see yeah. your face. Yeah. But so, so we get into definitions of what's unwholesome. <laughs> Ephesians four twenty nine says, "Don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but only what edifies the listener based off what they need." That's how practical are. So when I'm doing prison ministry. I'm going to talk a little rougher than even I'm talking now. When I'm doing men's Bible study, R-rated Christian, when I'm behind a pulpit, I don't drop an F-bomb unless it's forgive. So go, go back, because I, I think you need to say that again right. for people right. to hear what you just said. Mm -hmm. When you talk about when I go to prison ministry, why when you go to prison ministry is a little bit more rough? Because to the like Jew, that. I'm a Jew. To I'm a Jew. the Gentile, I'm a Gentile. If I go in there and try to kumbaya them to Jesus, they're not going to They're gonna say, man, oh. fake-ass Christian, come in here. Or you go to the religious people, or you go, look, the millennials, 4% of people believe in a biblical worldview. 4% of millennials. Yeah. Don't let that depress you, depress you too much. <laughs> the 70% of, of, of Americans that claim yeah. to be Christian, only 10% believe in a biblical worldview. Yeah. Yep. You know why? Because yep. yep. Barnum did a study. Yep. Yep. And yep. Barnum yep. did the study. Only 90% of pastors believe that the Bible has all the answers to societal ailments. Man. But only 10% preach it. Wow. Why? Fear. Because they, they don't want they, to believe. They, they don't want people to tithe. Right. They, don't want, they want to be liked. Yep. Now there's a way. Look, you, Pray for grace. Yeah, right. the, the, the 11th commandment is don't be an asshole. That's right there. The 11th commandment. I got that. Pray, pray for wisdom. Solomon, Solomon said he could have asked God for anything to lead that. And what did he ask for? Wisdom. Wisdom is the practical side of problem solving. Knowledge is wonderful. But without understanding, you Come don't on. have wisdom. Come on. And so you can memorize the Bible. But if you don't understand it and apply it and live it, then you right. have no wisdom. And so, and so I tell people, guys, so these people that I get, look, I'm not trying to tell people to cuss. Right. I'm, 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 but I'm telling them to be real. I could, so here's what these corny ass Christians tell me. So if I, if I say, I can say brood of vipers, well, you can say brood of vipers. You know how stupid you sound? I can say brood of vipers. So I, I've heard pastors say, are you out of your freaking mind? Mm -hmm. They say that. I'll say, yeah, yeah. You know what you mean. Yeah. If I use the other F word, uh -huh. it makes it worse? It does. Why? Nico. Socially. No. But, no, but it does. No, but it does under no, some certain... I was trying certain. to justify me saying freaking. I know, but it's okay. So, I mean, you know, hey, I'm in No, but, but, but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying, but, but that's why Ephesians 4.29 gives us guidance. Yeah, yeah. If I'm behind a pulpit, I'm saying freaking. Right. If I'm in a prison ministry, I'm saying the other one. Right, right. Do you understand? So if I say, oh, shoot. Oh, you, oh, stop it. You're acting like a jerk. But I can't say asshole. But I, but I can say you're an ass. But I can't put the hole. I mean, did you see how corny we get? But I can say Boaz. I go, you man, I got a cousin. He's got a cousin named Dumbass. I mean, I've used that in, you can use that one in church. Yeah. You know, you read the book of Ruth, you got the guy Boaz, he has a cousin named Dumbass. Yeah. I mean, but, but what I'm saying is we get so corny. And so you wonder why Bill Maher and all these atheists, arrogant SOBs, make fun of us. Because there's yeah. a lot to make fun of. Yeah. But when you can be practical, and when, I, I, let me tell you, I'm sorry, there's just so much on my heart when it comes to this, because God has used the words, the, the slang talk, uh -huh. to, let, to set people free, I believe. Yeah. I really do, man. I mean, I, so, I go, so I can say, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. 
But if I say the other shit, then, then all of a sudden, right? I mean, come on, man. We're so corny. If I go to Australia and I say, you bloody this, you bloody that, just it means something yes, over there. It, if I say bad. bloody this, man, yeah. what's this Mexican guy trying to act like he's from England? Right. Shut up, man. You're so corny ass. Right. But if I say bloody this and you're bloody out of the black, nobody says that. That's right. Just like it. All I'm wow. saying is, look, let's pray for wisdom, man. Let's yeah. properly handle God's word. Ephesians 4.29 says, what does your audience say? Let me tell you, I don't... I don't say, God bless. Mm -hmm. I, I, I honor the word, the name of God, Yahweh. It's so sacred to me that I say, when I say God bless you, I mean it. When you say God bless me, I receive it. Yeah. It means that much to me. I never use GD. And then I had Christians say, come on, Nico, you talk rough too. So you're putting GD on the same word, the same level as shit or the F word? Right, right. I mean, are you serious? That's how we have redefined and we are, we are reflecting the culture instead of setting the culture. We are called to set the culture. That's what Matthew 28 says, right? And pastors don't like this part. Right. Go to all nations and make disciples of all men. Man, that sounds flowery. What's the second part? Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. Now we're getting into shit. I'm going to be hated. Oh, I got to do this. How can I use wisdom? Right. How do I? I'm not trying to be liked. This is me. I tone it down depends on my audience. Right. I love Jesus. Right. I'm in love with a first century Jew named Jesus. I don't give a crap what anybody right. thinks because he, I've seen what he's done in my life. Right. And I love, I mean, I talk to drug dealers. I talk to people yeah. that are, I talk to people that are violent. I mean, I've, I'm in front of some violent suckers. Right. I mean, they're brutal. Right. And, I, and I look at them. I, mean, I talked to a bunch of gang members one time when I was DA. And, everybody, and, and the chief of police gave this flowery bullshit speech and, and somebody else gave another standard speech. Mm. And I go, I go, and I just met them where they were at. I right. shared my brother's right. murder. I shared that I stole drugs. I, this one guy, he was just filled with tats. Right. I'm talking on his face right. and he's mad dogging me. Yeah. And I say, you can mad dog me all you want. Right. But see, in my mind, I understand that look. Right. And I'm that guy too. Right. Don't forget, I mean, I'm that. I'm yeah, it's like, don't, joke, don't, right. please don't get it twisted. I mean, I was in a suit. Right. I mean, so I got my suspenders on yeah, yeah. and all that bullshit. And, but, 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 but this monkey suit isn't who I am. But, but, and I wasn't trying to punk yeah, him out, right, but I was just, I, I, I let him know I, I understood. I go, but there's a reason why yeah, I have that look. Yeah. And if you understood that there's a daddy, we have a yeah. daddy that is loves every bit about you all those tats on you <laughs> knows every cell in your body right, right. and is batshit crazy about yeah, you i told right. him just like that yeah. and 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 your kids didn't choose you they're stuck with you right and, and they all had kids all but two out of the 14 men had kids wow. you it's your job to make it a good stuck wow. daddy make it a good stuck yeah. i'm stuck with you you i deal with kids yeah. that nobody loves them yeah. they're left and they're abused and their identity is in that in that abuse right and all they do, we, we yearn for love. Yeah. And my buddy Martin Henders, who's a great guy, I love him to death, I met him. Um, he, I had to leave. He sends me a picture of him talking to this guy, the guy stayed after and wept with him. Wow. This, I mean, this guy's tatted up his face oh, right. and wept with him. So the suit didn't make you anointed? Gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just Shit. Man, let me tell you this. Man, Jesus is so real. I, I mean, I feel, in, look, you know why I'm a Christian? Because I, I studied the, the, the historical Jesus first. I studied the, the most famous murder scene in the history of mankind, which is the murder of a first century Jew named Jesus Christ. I studied the resurrection because the evidence is that the, empty was, the tomb was empty. 
And I studied the historical Jesus. I studied Suetonius, Planner the Younger, Tacitus, Lucian, Josephus, Phlegon. These are all non-Christians, by the way, that are talking about these people of the way. That's what, they weren't called Christians in the first century. They were called people, with John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I know I'm coming to the Father, but through me. And so they were people of the way. And, and, and Christos, and Pontius Pilate. I, I'm studying all, I mean, I'm looking at evidence. And when I was finished with studying the historical Jesus, I said, man, this guy is the Messiah. I grew up in a Catholic denomination. I didn't know why I was. Too, you, want, you want to screw up your congregation? Ask them, why are you a Christian? And then wait for Jeopardy music to come on. And they'll stumble over, they'll stumble over their answer. And then you ask them the second part of it. What does that mean? Uh, two questions, jack them up. Why are you a Christian? What does that mean? And I, st I got deep into this, my studies. And then I studied all the stuff from science to Genesis. How old is the earth? What's going on here? What about the Gnostic Gospels? Why these Council of Nicene, Council of Trent, Council of Esteldon, all these councils? Who chose these books? What about Mary? Did Jesus bang Mary? What's going on? Why are they went? I mean, all the crap out there, right? I mean, yeah. I, at all. Yeah. I mean, all, yeah. all of it. Did he eat? Did he crab? Did he have a boner? I mean, all this stuff. I mean, all this, he was a human being. Right. Right. He experienced everything that humans experience, except he didn't sin. Right. 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 He didn't sin. He had righteous anger. He was tempted. He answered with the word of God. He was hungry. He was tired. So he, he experienced every other feeling too. Right, he just right. didn't succumb to it. Right, right. I mean, he's hungry. He yeah. felt hunger. He was tired. He slept. He got hangry. He got, he got hangry. <laughs> and, and, also, and also, he felt fear. Yeah. I love that in Matthew 26. Yeah. He modeled it for us. He was so fearful, but he, he didn't live fearfully, but he experienced fear that he was sweating blood. Now that's an actual condition. It's a medical condition where your capillaries and your, and your skin burst in the blood vessels and you can sweat blood. Whether it was figurative speech or not, we can look at the hermeneutics at, at a later date, but, but there's a condition where you can sweat blood and he, and he modeled this for, I love a, a leader that says, doesn't say, do as I say, he says, do as I did. Do as I did. He did it already first. Right. I can follow that man all day long into eternity. Right. That is so good. Come back, brother. Come on, what so you <laughs> It's I'm real, man. Dude, I'm like, come yeah, on. Yeah. Oh, brother, but the Christian. I don't know. I'm a child of God, man. I'm crazy about Jesus. <laughs> this is good. Oh, I got a question uh, that I wanted to ask about young people. Mm. Right now in, in this generation, yeah, it seems man. like there's this this matter of fact I experienced this when I was in uh, in Japan. But it's like this this overabundance for lack of a better term of uh suicidal ideation yeah and, it, and it's it's almost like now being inside the school system it's almost like because i think because we don't allow kids to fail so they don't know how to be resilient yeah so what, what would you say to <clears throat> this generation of young people about resiliency and failure what? failure sir failure and resiliency well, it, it's all, look, we don't have participation trophies in my house. Right. I mean, because yeah. the trophy, even if you win, is not your identity. Correct. That's just an accomplishment. Yeah. But the, our accomplishments become our identity. I wasn't the district attorney. I served as the district attorney. Right. I, I'm, I, I, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. My, my, my political affiliation isn't the elephant or the donkey. It's yeah. the lamb. Right. The yeah. lamb of God. That's I what I'm saying. I mean, so we, that becomes our identity. And when you have no identity, when you have no moral framework, when you're not working for something greater than this, I mean, God willing, if the Lord leaves me on this side of heaven for 90 years, right. I hope, 90, 95 years, this is it, really. I become worm food, but then shit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live out that worthless life. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, again, that purpose, to Come know on. God and to make Him known because we have eternity. I'm, I'm kingdom-minded. Come on. I'm, I'm, I have an eternity mindset. And so, so if we don't think that way, then we're going to live small. Right. 
You know, you, you play big, go big, or go home. And, I, and I'm playing long ball. Right. And so these kids don't have that foundation and they don't have a moral compass. So they don't have an identity, they don't have a purpose. Their purpose is in their feelings. God doesn't give a crap about your feelings. Mm. Say that again. God doesn't give a God crap about your, about your feelings. He doesn't. But neither should a daddy. Think about this. See, what we want, we want grandpa God. We don't want daddy God. Oh my. my role as a dad, as a papi, as my kids call me, uh-huh. is to raise my children to a point where they don't need me anymore. They want me, not need me. Right. Right? And in that raising them up to where they don't need me anymore, right. I can't care about their feelings. I have to care about their maturity. Come on. So a daddy cares about maturity. So when my girls, when a, my oldest daughter, when she wants to get up, she, they do jujitsu. They have no choice. Mm-hmm. And they're going to learn to fight. And they fight. And so, and so when she goes, Papi, I want to get up. To, to, and she's crying. I go, something broken? My angel? No. She goes, no. Wipe your tears and you go back on the mats. Right. Because I'm, I'm building up her character. Because I care about her maturity. Now, inside is like, oh, does it hurt me to see her hurt? Yeah. But I'd rather hurt right in front of me in a controlled environment because there's going to be some son of a bitch out there. Right. That's, she's got to want to live more than he wants to kill her. Right. That's a battle. Right. You've got to want more to live than something has to more. You have to want to live more than what the devil wants to kill you. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. <laughs> but John 10, 10, right? I mean, he, that's what yeah, he does. Yeah. When, he's, when he's speaking, when he's lying, he's speaking his native tongue. That's what it says in Romans 8. So this is what God can't lie, even if he wanted to. He can't violate his own principles, his right, own character. Right. And so these people, these young people, they have no identity in Christ. They don't understand why they live in. They have no purpose. Ah, uh, go along, get along. Another day, another dollar. That sucks. All these people living the dream. If you say this, change your vernacular, please. Oh, and people in my Bible say, living the dream. What's that dream? I, I, I jacked up this one guy one time. He goes, living the dream. Oh, what is it, by the way? Do, do, do. Right. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. you know, you, you know, I, no, no, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know the dream. Now, if you want to say living his dream, I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm living his dream. Right. I, it's all these soundbite world, nothing deeper. It's what you know. It's what you have. It's what, it's like, oh, you take a, a selfie. I don't like that selfie. I'm doing, and, and we create this image, yeah. this bullshit. Right. And, 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 and young people are starving for authenticity. Yeah. And they're starting, they're starving for leadership. They want, they want discipline. They want guidance. Yeah. And we are afraid to give it to them. And, and we give it to them and say, whatever you want. Whatever makes you happy. Right, right. Choose your gender. Choose this. You want sex, have it. You, you know what? You're gonna, whenever you tell a young person sex is wrong, you are dishonoring the yeah, word of God. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's great. It's yeah. in, in context. In yeah. You'll enjoy it in confines and marriage because right. there's huge consequences yeah. to it. Because yeah. Look at what we're dealing with in society. Right. I mean, so we just don't know how to properly handle the word of truth. Second Timothy 2.15 is one of my, I mean, I just, it's just do your best to show yourself approved to God. Mm-hmm. It tells you who you're answering to. A worker, meaning that you have to work, who is not embarrassed, we are embarrassed of God, to properly handle the word of truth. Properly handle the word of truth. That's what, when they're burning Bibles in Portland, and they're, burnt, and they're closing down churches in California and they're advocating for churches to honor same-sex marriages and the Pope is okay with it and you can pick your gender and pedophilia is being normalized and the church right. is not going apeshit on this right. and you're worried about me just saying apeshit. Right. You got your shit all wrong. Right. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. Turn some tables over figuratively and in your own spirit. Right. Jesus is going to go in there in Matthew 23 and, and, and use some slang words to, to wake your ass up. We have to be real. Let me tell you why I'm a Christian, Pastor. You know why I'm a Christian? Because it's true. Come on. Not because it's easy. Right. Because it's true. Right. 
Because there was a first century Jew that was Messiah because he was crucified. Even if you're an atheist, you have to believe in the crucifixion of Yeshua that came from Nazareth. And there was an empty tomb and nobody could explain why. And there was a crap ton of people that saw him. And there was an effect that we're still talking about him. Right. right. And so we, we can look and logically reason and we can follow the evidence where it leads. I'm a Christian because it's true. Because when I want to handle something a certain way, but I submit myself to Jesus, because I know that I'm going to have that job interview when I'm called off this earth. And it's not about checking off the box. It's about checking your heart. And he's like, did you love me? Did you stand for me? Were you ashamed of me? Luke 9, Luke 12, Mark 8, Mark 13. Uh, Matthew 10, 32, if you're embarrassed of me, right? If you, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. But if you acknowledge me before men, man, that should wake you up. My goal in life is to not have anything left when I leave this earth. My goal in life, to live a wasted life right? is to tell my kids, if God willing, my kids and my grandkids, if the Lord bless me with this, when I'm about 90, 95, bull battle axe, you know, everything there, and said, kids, I did everything I could to leave this world a little better for you. I used all the talent God gave right. me, all the opportunity put in front of me, every person he put around me, every situation that I was presented with to leave this place a little better for you. Don't ever be embarrassed of Christ. You fight for what's true, and you be a warrior, but a humble warrior, and I'll see you later. This is not goodbye. And then I hope to go to sleep, wake up, and see, listen to me. I mean, it literally gives me chills when I say it every time, to see an uncontrollable smile on my king's face yeah. as I walk to him all limping and then he says those words that scripture says that he's going to hopefully say to us well done good and faithful servant put down your sword in your battle and I'm going to show you around look at all these loved ones here that motivates everything that I do whether there's one person or one million people whether there's a camera in front of me or it's a private conversation Come on. you're going to get but the only reason why I'm that authentic is because I've been through some shit Come on. I've, and, and God has detoxed me He's detoxed. I've been through a health scare and that I, it's not, I haven't shared. It's part of my journey. I've been arrested. I've gone through politics. I've been called racist. I've been, they've tried to destroy me, take me out. People wanted me to die. I mean, I mean I've been through uh, my son who has special needs. He's on the spectrum of autism. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the devil comes whispering in my ear saying, nah, you still. My son, Michael, who I named after my murdered brother, Mike. And the devil comes whispering in my ear saying, why bother? Like in Mark 5 with Jairus when he comes with his daughter is dying. Mm -hmm. And then the, the spirit of why bother, the men from the house come. I'll never forget this. And he says, why bother? Mm -hmm. Don't bother the teacher. Your daughter's dead. Mm -hmm. Scripture says that our Savior heard them. And he says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't say, do you feel like believing Jairus? No. What's he going to say? Just say, well, no, I don't feel like my daughter did. I left my daughter right. for you. And that bitch with the blood Come disease on. bothered, held you up. And all these idiots held you up. And they slowed us down because it was so crowded. But scripture, imagine that. Imagine the scene. He's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it doesn't say that he yelled at Jairus. Yeah. He must have been so close to Jairus where he says, just believe. Come on. Are we close enough to Jesus? Right. When we hear that, why bother, the spirit of why bother from the devil? Are we close enough to Jesus, even if we don't feel like it, that he can whisper in our ear and just say, choose me? Because that's what it really means. Just believe just means choose me. Don't feel like it sometimes. Choose Jesus, and Jesus always shows up after the choice.
and we know the rest of the story. He could have easily said, screw it, Yeshua, it's too late, and go off, and he would have missed an opportunity. But we are called to choose Jesus in faith. That means I'm persuaded by God's word. And even if God tells me no to my son Michael being better, right. even if I'm okay with his no, He's even though God. it will suck. It will suck, but God is God. And then it'll be worth it someday because he will be healed in heaven. Amen. That is... Go ahead, brother. Man, um, you have said a lot today. Mm -hmm. And as, as uh, we often try to get our questions all together and it's something how the Holy Spirit does. You've answered, I would say, pretty much every question mm -hmm. that we were going to ask you today mm -hmm. in the way that you were sharing your heart, um, the truth. And we want to thank you. Um, I mean, we, 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 we thank you for all that you do. As you talked about, being a man of God, being a husband, being a father, being a leader in our community being a brother, son, all these different things that, but most importantly, being a child of God. Mm -hmm. So we honor you. Thank you for allowing us in your home. Yes. Thank you for allowing everyone else into your home. Mm -hmm. And even just to get a snidbit of who Nico LaHood is. Thank you, Daddy. I'm so, honored. Man. Thank you so much. What a joy. <clears throat> what a joy. Thank you. Oh, thank you, brother. You, man, you made my day. That affirmation, that, that's awesome. I just want people to know Jesus, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. He'll change your life. I mean, and it's nothing corny. It's not kooky. It's not kumbaya-ish. I don't have a fish on the back of my car. I got a fish in my heart. You know, I'm, I'm rough on the edges, but Jesus hung around a bunch of rough people. Yeah. But, man, can you imagine their conversations around the fire? Mm. We don't know. I mean, it his conversations after they went to the restroom, or they're doing this, they're bathing. What, what, what were their conversations? I mean, Jesus is so, uh, uh, he's so relatable. Yeah. He's such an amazing entity. And it's that daddy leadership, servant leadership role, and that undeniable love that he has for me that made my chest swell up, that gave me that purpose in life that knows that I'm not playing short ball, I'm not playing for the 90 years on this earth, no matter what, whether the answers are for different things, that he still is enough. And there's so much to learn from that book. You have anything else there, mm. Pastor? I just got one last one. I'm so good, man. I just, this is why we do Bros For Real, yeah. man. It, yeah. Just coming here, all the interviews we have done, everything, every place we have been, I'm telling you, man, when I say you blessed me today, it's like, a fire, man. Like, yeah. this is what I've been saying. Yeah. Right? This is why we wanted to do this so we can get, meet real people, man. Yeah. Get, get other people to know that, man, being a Christian doesn't mean that you cower away. No. And, you know? And it's like, man, just just to hear you speak, I'm like, man, let's not go. Let's let's give me more. Give me Come more. on, I'm in. <laughs> you, this is my home. Mi casa es tu casa. I love it, man. We'll break bread. It's, you're but welcome. Thank, Stay man, here anytime you, you want. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. And, um, I got all these ideas running through my well, head. Well, come on. Right let's now. do more together. Let's see what all the Lord takes ideas. all this stuff. I'm like, man, there's young people that need to hear you, man. Yeah. They need to hear your heart. I got, I teach at a school in Arizona. <laughs> and, um, man, I would love for you to be able to come out there. I'd man. go. It's a, yeah. it's, we have 2,200 we'll students, about 1,800 um, Hispanic students. Mm. And, man, a lot of their parents deported, mm. you know, because of what's going on in the country and all that. And a lot of these kids, man, they just want hope, you know. 
they're, they're living with a friend mm-hmm. or whatever else, and they try their best in school. But I'm like, man, there's so many people that need to hear, hear your story. I'd be honored, Daddy. So many people. I'd be honored. So we'll definitely set that up. Yep. But before we go, <clears throat> I would like for you to look into the camera <clears throat> and imagine if this video was one of the multiple videos that people were watching after we're all gone, after the rapture. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say to them after they've watched everything that we talked about today? Who's my audience? Whoever it is, <clears throat> those who have been left behind. Mm. For that good? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They've well, been man, left what behind. are you gonna say? That, that's that's my question to you. I want you to look into that camera right there and tell them whatever it is that you would need. To, what would you say to them? Because we're all gone. We're like you talked about, you know, you're going from being that, you know, however, 90 plus years or 100 years or whatever. We're gone. We're, we're not here. Everyone who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're not here. That's what I'm saying. But, but, but the question I've never been I'm, I'm, I'm thinking because I want to be accurately, biblically accurate. So we're gone. We're gone. But, but all the all the followers of Jesus Christ are gone. Correct. And they well, ain't coming. Well, you got to think the tribulation comes after. Okay, so they still have a shot. Because I haven't yeah, studied they, the rapture yeah, as much yeah, as you guys. Okay. So okay. Some, but see, here's the deal. I, 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 that's, that's another journey of mine, by the way. And yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Studying the rapture. Because like with our Catholic brothers and sisters, when they, there's nothing in purgatory, you know, but, but in, in the, it's, in the, it's, in the, it's in the Apocrypha, the extra seven to ten books they have in the Old Testament. Uh, but so, so if somebody passes away and they go like, oh, this is real. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, go in time out and I'll let you into heaven. Well, that doesn't work that way. And so I, I need to get deeper into the rapture and I need deeper into the tribulation, the, the period of the thousand years, right, of tribulation. And, and what exact, because, I mean, there are those people that are still going to reject God. There's no doubt about that. They just don't want they don't want him. But there's going to be a, a certain amount of people like, hey, I want to go. Right. But it's not a sincere, it's not a sincere submission or giving. To the, I, I have to do more. I have to do more. Study. What I'll say to anybody, let me just say this. I'll just say this to anybody who has questions about life. You either believe in intelligent design or you believe in just randomness. And if you look at the world like you look at a car or a watch or your computer or whatever you want to look at, or this camera, it was intelligently designed. Well, you, with all your hundreds of trillions of cells, literally, and all the different things that work in your body were intelligently designed. And if you're on a journey to figure out who that intelligent designer is, please look very deep and study. Don't just read the Bible, study the Bible and look at a transcendent God named Yahweh in the Bible. And that God has all the answers to our questions. Now, whether we have all those answers on this side of heaven or not, there's answers for it. And so I'm going to encourage you to, have to honestly and properly handle the Christian worldview from an intelligent, from science, from biblical, from theological, from life, from marriage, from sexual, from parenting, from everything, profession, whatever you do. And there is a transcendent God that designed all of this that is insanely in love with you and is practical and real and strong and encouraging and loving and wants you to say yes to him. I promise you that. Come straight from Romans 8, 14. He wants to adopt you into his family and he's crazy about you and he's not uptight and you can't freak him out and he doesn't care about what your past is and he knows you're broken because we all are, right? 
but in him you're not. So give him a shot. These gentlemen want to help you. I'm always here. God bless you. Thank you for your time. I'm humbled for your prayers if you'll continue to pray for all three of us. And how, bless how both of you, man. Uh, well, I mean, I have a Facebook. It's just, it used to be my public Facebook, Nicholas Nico LaHood on Facebook. I have an Instagram. My wife started a little while ago. And then we do R-Rated Christianity. Every Thursday night, it's a, it's a podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I do another podcast on Saturday mornings called Sidebar. Sidebar. That's on WAI. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's a radio, it's a radio deal. It's on iHeartRadio. Well, guys... Again, Nico, thank you so much, man. Thanks, guys. Bro. What an honor. What a joy. Um, thank you guys for watching. Look, if you want to go out and look at uh, Netflix, you can find Nico's uh, documentary on Netflix. It's uh, I Am a Killer on Netflix. And you'll see, I think it's season one, episode two. Mm. You can see the story about his family, um, the death of his brother, mm -hmm. and also the redemption story, uh, how he talks about grace. But you also see everything that happened there. So thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you guys will continue to watch. If you haven't uh, tuned into our Facebook page, Bros for Real, uh, Kingdom Focus on Facebook, and also our YouTube page, Bros for Real, Kingdom Focus on YouTube, do that, and we'll see you guys again. We love you. God loves you. Love, love. All right, bro. Love, love. Mm -hmm.